time. Glorify the Lord today. Every day is a day of thanksgiving. Amen, church. Amen. I tell y'all, wake up. Wake up. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give our young folk another hand. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. I tell y'all. Y'all can just have a mirror and see your faces. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Amen. We need some smiles out there. Amen. Them children singing their heart out. Y'all look lit serious. Amen. Give them a smile. Hand clap. Amen. Praise God. Oh, we thank God for being in the house of the Lord once again. And as that song says, every day is a day of thanksgiving. Praise God. They sung this morning, y'all. And I'm so glad that trouble don't last always. Amen. Praise God. And it says, come on, everybody, and let's worship him. Amen. That's what we was created for, to show forth praise and worship. Praise God to our Father. We're going to get right into the word. Praise God. And I appreciate all of you taking time to come to the house of God. And I know, praise God, I, I, I pick on you, but I know we are creatures of habit. And so when you come in, sometimes you don't realize what mode you come in in, you know, because we do things out of routine. So you come in and you take the seat, and I know you don't even realize you might not be smiling. Praise God. Might not even realize you never, never land. But when we get into the house of God, we come in here to praise and worship his holy name with our brothers and our sisters. Even though we may bless him and praise him in our houses, in our cars, but when we come together with one another, we collectively praise God. And as the song says, let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. So I ain't got to feel like praising him in order to praise him. I praise him because his words say praise him because I have breath. And thank God for life, health, and strength. Amen. Praise God. Those that have your Bibles and you're able to stand, please stand with me as we go to 2 Kings, the 20th chapter, beginning at verse 1. 2 Kings, the 20th chapter. And I'll be reading from the New King James Version. In those days, Hezekiah was sick and near death. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus saith the Lord, set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then he turned his face toward the wall and prayed to the Lord, saying, Remember now, O Lord, I pray how I have walked before you in truth and with a loyal heart and have done what was good in your sight. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. And it happened before Isaiah had gone out into the middle court that the word of the Lord came to him saying, Return and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, Thus saith the Lord, the God of David, your father. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. Surely I will heal you. On the third day you shall go up into the house of the Lord, and I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and this city from the hand of the king of Assyria, and I will defend this city for my own sake and for the sake of my servant David. Then Isaiah said, Take a lump of figs, so they took and laid it on the boil 
and he recovered. And Hezekiah said to Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me, that I shall go up to the house of the Lord the third day? Then Isaiah said, this is a sign to you from the Lord, that the Lord will do the thing which he has spoken. Shall the shadow go forward 10 degrees or go backwards 10 degrees? And Hezekiah answered, it is an easy thing for the shadow to go down 10 degrees, but let the shadow go backward 10 degrees. So Isaiah the prophet cried out to the Lord, and he brought the shadow 10 degrees backwards by which it had gone down on the sundial of Ahab. Let us pray. Father, in the precious name of Jesus, God, we bless you and we thank you for this appointed word that you have today. God, we speak that your word will go forth unhindered, that the word will fall on good soil, and that your word will take root and produce the fruit that you desire in the name of Jesus. God, the enemy shall not steal that which you sin, but it will remain and come forth for thy glory. For we declare it to be so, and we say, Father, do what you will as you will. Have thine way. For this is your time, God, and we bless thee and thank thee and declare it to be so in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. You may be seated. And as God began to minister this word to me, and I was trying to understand and saying, why, Lord, this word are you giving unto me? Praise God. And I did not know why, as I say so many times, when God began to minister to my spirit and a word of God keep resonating over and over and over again. And sometimes I feel like that word is not a good fit, but because God keeps bringing it to my spirit, I know that that is the word to be delivered. God is a good God. Amen. And if I had to use for a topic what God spoke in my spirit, Terminal declarations are not necessarily found. Terminal declarations are not necessarily found. And as we begin to look at this text here, we can see exactly why God spoke this message to me and, and had it in my spirit. Well, when I got here to the church this morning, it was even made more relevant to me. Because just as I began to put my things down on the desk, my text went off, my phone beat. I pulled up the text and I looked at it. My wife sent me a message and said that her mom had called and had told her that her daddy had three months. I said, the word is for you today because I didn't know why God was giving me this word yesterday. But this word is to encourage anybody going through anything. Terminal declarations does not necessarily mean final. And as we begin to look here at this passage of Scripture, the prophet, praise God, Isaiah, was sent to Hezekiah to give him the word. Now, when you begin to read Scripture, and they tell you to understand Scripture to make sure you don't take it out of context, you want to read some previous chapters before that and a couple of chapters after that so you can get the big picture. And so as I began to go back to chapter 18, and I began to kind of go through to set the tone for this message as God was, was ministering to my spirit, and the word began to roll over, praise God. In um, 2 Kings, the 18th chapter, praise God, 
it says, verse 26, it says, Then Elkin, the son of Hekiah, Shunabo, and Joaz said to the royal spokesman, Please speak to your servants in Aramaic, since we understand it. Don't speak with us in Hebrew within earshot of the people on the wall. Now, this was said to them because what was going on, Assyria was the king, uh, Assyria was the nation that was in power going on at that time. And Assyria had been attacking other nations, and they was defeating everybody. And now they were attacking God's people, Judah. Praise God. They was getting ready to go attack Judah. Praise God. And they were going to go after uh, Babylon as well. Praise God. But as we began to look there, the king of Assyria at that time sent a message by his royal spokesman to let the people of Judah, which was God's people, know that he was coming for them. And he began to give them an ultimatum about what he was going to do. Now, I'm setting this stage for what God is about to do. Now, this spokesman for the king of Assyria, he was an arrogant somebody because they had been winning all of these battles. And so when he showed up, to Hezekiah's men of the people of Judah there, he began to speak to them, and he told the representatives of uh, Hezekiah, he began to sort of make fun in one sense. He, he asked them some rhetorical questions, praise God, and he began to say, guess what? All the gods of the other nations their powers was not able to rescue them from my, my king power. And just as we took over them, we're getting ready to take over you all. Okay? So he was talking a little bit of noise. And as he began to say that, Hezekiah's men got a little bit intimidated. And they asked this spokesman, they said, well, would you not speak so loud? And would you not speak uh, in our language because we don't want the, the, the people around to hear the word and they become discouraged. But the spokesman was so arrogant and so bold, it said that he declared loudly in the Hebrew language so that the people could hear him making the threat that they was getting ready to come in and take over. But let me tell you something. You can make all the threats you want. You can make all the declarations that you want. But except God allows it, it will not be so. And so they began to let them know all of the nations that they had defeated and that they was coming to defeat them as well. So the men go back to Hezekiah and let Hezekiah know what the spokesman has said. Now, good thing about Hezekiah, praise God, is Hezekiah heard what they said and as you begin to read in the previous chapter, the men that took the message back to King Hezekiah, when they showed up to King Hezekiah, they had torn their clothes because that was a sign of mourning. They heard this threat, and they took it very seriously, and they did not know what they were going to do. But when they went back to Hezekiah with the word, it said that Hezekiah didn't do like some of the other kings did. Praise God. It said, but Hezekiah went to the Lord. Praise God. And he began to pray. Praise God. And as he began to pray, well, as he prayed, and after he prayed, then he sent word 
And he says, I need y'all to go get the, um, go to the prophet Isaiah and see if he's got a word from the Lord from us and find out what the word from the Lord is saying concerning this threat that the spokesman of Assyria has sent to us. And when they went to Isaiah and began to share what was going on, now all of this uh, was taking place and we just read what was going on with Isaiah. But the historians or, or the notes and things seem to think that Hezekiah's pronouncement on his illness was before this invasion was about to take place. But the biblical author thought that this was a good reference place to put it into the word. And so that is why it's showing up where it showed up. But nevertheless, when they, um, the Babylonians, the king of Babylonia heard about Hezekiah's sickness, he sent a gift to Hezekiah. Now, when Hezekiah, when the Babylonians came to Hezekiah, Hezekiah took them around and showed them all of his treasures and opened up the house of God and showed them the treasures of the house, showed them everything, what they had and all of that bad mistake. But he showed it all to them, everything that he had. You don't tell and show everybody everything. Amen. Praise God. We got to learn to do that. Praise God. Amen. But the word says, and some of the commentaries seem to think that the king of Babylon didn't just send that gift just for the sake of sending the gift. He sent that gift because he also knew that the king of Assyria was going to attack them as well. And so he was hoping that Hezekiah and his men could line up with him and that Judah would help them fight against the king of Assyria. Amen. So a lot of times there is a motive behind some of the good that gets done. Amen. See, the Bible says there ain't nothing new under the sun. The same tricks going on today was going on back in biblical days. Amen. Praise God. But nevertheless, what God began to minister to me, and I want you to understand, now Hezekiah's situation happened to be his physical illness. But your terminal situation could be in your area of finance. It could be in your area of family. Whatever the case, it could be anything that it appears to be hopeless. God wants you to understand and know today that terminal declarations are not found. Now, we can learn something from Hezekiah here because when the prophet went to Hezekiah and told Hezekiah, he says, set your house in order. Thus saith the Lord. It won't the prophet word, but it was the word that the Lord sent to Hezekiah. And when God sends a word, we know God is not a man that he should lie. And so the prophet said, God says, set your house in order, for you surely will die and not recover from this. Now, Hezekiah could have dropped his head and got all sad, sad. But what Hezekiah began to do is said he turned his face, praise God, and began to pray. Unto the Lord. And as he began to pray unto the Lord, he began to remind the Lord of the work that he has done and how faithful he had been in his walk with the Lord and what he had done in the kingdom of God. Now, this is Old Testament, praise God. And so, as he began to remind God 
of what he was done and how faithful he has been. And it says, after he finished praying, praise God, he began to weep bitterly. Praise God. And as the prophet spoke the word and was going out of the temple, walking out, it said before the, 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 the uh, prophet got out of the temple in the middle of the court, God spoke to the prophet again. He says, go back, turn around, go back, and let Hezekiah know he shall recover from this illness. He shall not die. Now, God began to let me know that terminal declarations are not necessarily found. But a lot of times it depends on how we respond to the news that we receive. Because sometimes it's a test of faith. And God is a God that he changes not. But let me, understand, let me help you out. God is also a God of mercy and grace. And when Hezekiah began to remind him of how faithful he was, God began to feel the sincerity of Hezekiah's promise, of Hezekiah's prince. Now, when we get in terminal situations a lot of times, we start telling God, Lord, if you get me out of this, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. Because we're trying to get out of the situation that we're in and we don't know how to get out. But we know that if we go get out, the only way we're going to get out is trust God. And so we begin to make these declarations of what we're going to do. But when God begins to look back on your spiritual report, and begin to see what you had done before the declaration got there, or you got in this terminal situation, what will he see on the report? Will he see faithfulness? Will he see you standing for what was right? Now, in Hezekiah's situation, God recognized what he had done, and he knew that he was faithful. But we also can understand that just because we are faithful, does not mean that trouble won't visit us. Sometimes we get it mixed up and think that because we're doing what God says do, we ain't going to go through that. But we can see in the word of God, we do not get exempt. But what happens is we are prepared to meet and go through what comes our way because God has prepared us in our faithfulness. We've seen what he's done before. And as I began to look at that, and as God began to remind him, he says, go back and let him know he's going to recover. Hezekiah's prayer changed God's mind. God don't change concerning his character, but he can change his actions and still yet fulfill the plan that he has and the purpose that he had. But as he began to pray, not only did um, Hezekiah begin to pray to the Lord and then weep bitterly, but he also promised the Lord that if you spare my life and I begin to do this work and, and begin to build the kingdom and help save the city and, and rescue your people, praise God, it will bring glory to your name. So in other words, Hezekiah Wanted to live, but Hezekiah won't live in just for himself. He realized that if God spared him, he was going to have to do a work.
for the Lord as well to bring glory into his name. And God decided because he was faithful in the past, I can use him to complete this other task that I got, and that is to deliver my folk from the Assyrians. Amen? And so as God began to add 15 more years to his life, God wants you to be encouraged. Praise God. Terminal declarations do not necessarily mean final. And praise God. And as he began to, to minister here, and as we begin to see how God added those 15 years, the royal spokesman for the king of Assyria made all these threats, but the prophet Isaiah told Hezekiah that the Lord had heard those blasphemous remarks that the spokesman had made because he talked about how great they was and how the power of the gods of the other nations couldn't spare their people and he was bold enough to say, and the God of you, Judah, is not going to be able to spare you all either. But let me tell you something. When we stand on what God says, there ain't enough demons in hell to change it. God is still God in the midst of everything that goes on. Now, as I begin to look at this lesson, God brought back to my mind. Because when you hear a terminal declaration... That means that's coming to an end. And so sometimes you accept it just as it is, and you begin to prepare for the end. But because Hezekiah was a faithful man, he was a man of God, he decided he was going to go on God, go call on God for a turnaround. Praise God. Because he had something to go on, and, and God is saying to us, and he brought back an example to me, when you get in trouble, and you have a case that come up that's never been tried before in the court of law. Now, you go get the best lawyer you can find. That lawyer begins to listen to everything that you lay out. And if the lawyer begins to recall, they're trying to think, was there another case like this that I can go and find out what the outcome was and use that as my foundation? Listen to what God is doing. What God is helping us to understand today that if you've got a terminal declaration, you don't need to count it final. But what you need to do is just like Hezekiah did. Turn your back to the wall and begin to cry out unto the Lord. And as you begin to cry out unto the Lord, let him know of the cases that you done saw in the Bible. God, this was a terminal situation. And I found the case to back up my request. Praise God. And what that lawyer does when he searched those records, he has a team researching what God is saying to us when you get a terminal declaration. Go through the books in here and begin to look for a case that you can look and say, oh, God did it here, right here in this book, this verse, this chapter. And when you find it in there, you got something to work with. So what you do is that lawyer will take that case that was tried years ago and he'll begin to build his new case on the results of the old case. And as he began to lay out the facts and the foundation for the new case, it might have been something that was new to him. Might have been his first case tried like that. But he found a case on record. Maybe the first time you got caught in this situation that you're in, that you're dealing with right now. So we got to do like that lawyer do, begin to research 
and find a case that will set the precedent. Because the results of that other case lets me know that if they were able to build and win that case based on what they had, if I build my case on the same type of fact, praise God, then I'll be able to come through my case as well. So when we begin to search the record and find out that God had pronounced terminal declarations on someone else, but because they chose to ask him to change the verdict, God granted them mercy and changed the verdict. So which means when we ask God to turn our situation, God can turn our situation too. But Hezekiah did not accept what was pronounced to him, but he went to the Lord with it. Praise God. And as he went to the Lord, God in this particular situation had the prophet take some fig leaves, press them together, and put it on him. And it said that it withdrew the poison from his body. But Hezekiah wanted to know, because the prophet told him, he says, now three days later, you got to go to the house of God. And God has already spoken that you would recover. So as they went back to the house of God, Hezekiah wanted to know, how do I know for a sign that God is going to heal? I heard the word, I believe the word, but what is there a sign? Because God pronounced this thing, and I just want to know that I'm standing on what God says. I'm talking to you in paraphrase language. And so the prophet said, do you want the shadow to go up 10 degrees, or do you want it to go back with 10 degrees? Whichever one you choose, that's what God will do to let you know as a sign he's confirming the word that he has actually spoken. Because if you think about it, you get a word like that, and the prophet comes to you and said, set your house in order for you shall truly die. And then before he even get out of the house, he turned around and come back and said, the Lord spoke again and said, you shall not die, but you shall recover from this illness. You're going to begin to wonder, do the prophet know what he's talking about? But I hope the prophet is right. And so Isaiah said, I need some confirmation here. We got to be real now because them people was real in biblical, biblical days as well. And like I said, there ain't nothing new under the sun. We're going to think like that sometimes because I don't care how much Bible you know and how much faith you know. Sometimes doubt going to show up. And you got to go back and convince yourself and know that what God is saying. And sometimes it takes you a moment to get yourself together. That's why sometimes you just got to keep your mouth closed until you can figure the thing out. So that you'll say the right thing, praise God, and go the right direction, praise God. Well, as he told him, he says it can go up 10 degrees or it can go backwards 10 degrees. Daylight saving time introduced, y'all. Time getting ready to change, spring forward, spring backwards. Whichever one you want, choose it. So he said, well, it's a pretty easy thing for it to go forward. So I want the time to go backward. And as he spoke, the prophet called out unto God, and God let it go back 10 degrees on the dial and took the time backwards to confirm that I'm going to honor the word that I have spoken. As that lawyer used that old case to build the, the facts on the new case, and he stood on that, he says, I found it in the word. As you begin to build your new case on what God is doing in your life based on that terminal situation, you build your case on the facts. Emotions help you some, but emotions ain't enough because the judge is supposed to rule according to the law. And so that's why you have to research what the word of God says 
even though you might get emotional, you got to stand on the word because the Bible says that the word of God abides forever. The Bible says that the word of God, they are life and spirit. The word of God says that death and life is in the power of the tongue. So therefore, I must speak life and not death. And I'm going to speak life by reading his word and declaring it with my mouth. Because the Bible says my tongue is as the pen as a ready writer. So my tongue can begin to write the story that I need written that will bring glory to the Lord. Amen. Praise God. And so as Hezekiah began to think and we go back and look in the word. God had sent and was getting ready to destroy Nineveh. Praise God. But he sent Jonah to tell the people so he didn't have to destroy the city. So God went from destroying the city to saving the city once Jonah got his act together. So God will deliver his folk when we stand on his word. Praise God. But the good thing about it, when you belong to the Lord, you win either way. Because you got a choice to stay here and fight and, and still give God the glory, or you got a chance to go on to glory and enjoy what God has already laid out for you, that mansion. Praise God. And so I thank God for his word encouraged me this morning. And praise God, First Lady, praise God as we begin to believe God for moving on your daddy's behalf. Praise God. According to that word, praise God, we just got to find out what your daddy wants. Praise God. Does he want to stay here and fight or is he ready to go? But whatever he wants, we got to agree with him according to the word of God. And we got to stand on that declaration. Emotions is going to be there, but we got to stand in church. We need you standing with us. Amen. Praise God. Church, I need you standing with us. Amen. Let me know you're standing. Praise God. Amen. You heard the word, you're going to believe the word and declare the word along with us. Amen. We don't fight this thing by ourselves. We fight with one another according to the word of God. But as we teach and preach this word, just as God has done it for you and others in your family, he can do it for us in our family as well. But nevertheless, we're standing on what God is saying. And God wants you to be encouraged and you encourage somebody else. Terminal declarations does not necessarily mean violence. That's the word. That is the word. Lord, have mercy. I need some help right here. Amen. I don't know what's wrong. Praise God. Amen. Praise God. But God is moving by his spirit. God is moving by his spirit. And we got to learn that it's not based on what I feel, not based on what I think, but it's based on what God said. And so as we stand by faith, God will move by his spirit. And I appreciate God for his word. Amen.